before the pandemic, or maybe even earlier than that, it was very important to have a physical location with a good sign, maybe near the hospital, maybe near a big road, something like this. Nowadays, you don't really need that. Um, what I tell you is that you can almost do everything with a digital presence. And many times people actually prefer to meet over telemedicine anyway, rather than meeting in person. How do we, as medical professionals, create the life of our dreams and still impact the lives of our patients? My name is Dr. Adam Sewell, and I'm here to show you how to break free of the traditional healthcare system that has you overworked and underpaid. If you're ready to join us, visit freedomthroughprosperity.com. But for now, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Medical Entrepreneur. My name is Dr. Adam Sewell and today is going to be a great episode. Today we're going to be talking about how to go from a nurse practitioner to a medical entrepreneur in four steps. And before we start with the four steps, I just wanted to start here and, and really clarify. There have been so many uh, nurse practitioners that I've spoken to recently that have been seeking an escape from what I call mainstream medicine. And mainstream medicine in general, treats a lot of people very poorly, but I think especially nurse practitioners. And uh, part of the reason why is that the nurse practitioners don't get reimbursed as much as a physician. And the reimbursements anyway in, in medicine are, are basically criminally low. Like if you actually look at it in general, if you're in mainstream medicine, your reimbursement is less than a plumber. And that's whether you're a doctor or nurse practitioner or whatever, like <laughs> it is less per unit hour than, than a plumber. And the thing is that with inflation, the way it has been over the last several years, everyone who is taking insurance or uh, basically using, you know, getting Medicare reimbursement, those kind of things, you've received a 30% pay cut in terms of the actual value of the dollars that you're getting paid. They've actually decreased in value by 30%. And yet, even with that, there are still more cuts coming from Medicare, which, you know, and, and the private insurers as well. Um, I remember a time when private insurers used to pay 110, 120% over Medicare. Now it's lucky to find private insurers that match Medicare. Many of them are less than Medicare, uh, which is, to, in my mind, you know, what's the, <laughs> what's the point of having private insurance uh, if, you're, if you're basically paying less than what uh, the government insurance is paying anyway. I wanted to make this episode because I, I talked to a nurse practitioner who was very distraught about being in mainstream medicine. Uh, she was burned out. She was being treated very poorly at her job. Um, she was kind of given all the, for lack of a better word, uh, work that nobody else wanted, um, that kind of thing. And, uh, and the thing is that she's highly intelligent, well-trained, very, very smart person. And we sat down and we kind of made a plan. And she, her main question was, how do I actually become a medical entrepreneur? How do I actually get out and have my own thing? What is it required? And th this episode will surprise you because it's not as hard as you think. It doesn't require a lot of money. It doesn't require a lot of time. You just need to know what steps you need to take. So the first step you need to take in order to be, go from nurse practitioner to medical entrepreneur is to identify a market with demand, preferably a market that is outside of mainstream medicine. And what that means is basically a market that is a cash market, right? The people pay for their medical supplies with cash. People pay, uh, you know, for their services with cash. You're not having to file insurance claims and wait for an adjuster to tell you they're not going to pay you as much as, you know, <laughs> as they initially said, or that, you know, you need to submit more documentation or that kind of stuff. So there's kind of uh, five areas that are of high demand that I would look into. Number one, the biggest area Kind of the easiest area, I would say, is weight loss. 
Weight loss is a huge, huge market. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. <laughs> there have been so many, many large companies built in weight loss space, uh, and people continually need to have uh, weight loss solutions. And for a lot of people with, um, you know, health concerns, uh, losing weight can not only change the quality of their life drastically, but it can extend their life drastically. Just imagine if you have someone who is, you know, uh, borderline diabetic. Maybe they have some cardiac issues. Maybe they have other things going on, you know, um, and you're able to help them lose weight. You can improve their quality of life. You improve their self-confidence. You improve their self-worth. All of these things compound, and it really results in like a whole different change for that person. The no number two area I would say is aesthetics. Um, aesthetics is still a booming field. So if you're a nurse practitioner and you enjoy beauty, you under you enjoy you know the idea of Botox, fillers, uh, PRP, microneedling, uh, lasers, you know these kind of things. You enjoy you know make uh, under like you enjoy taking care of your skin. You like skincare, that kind of thing. Um, aesthetics is probably still the fastest growing field that I've seen. Uh, and it's a very, very strong market. And it also, there's ways to start in aesthetics that are not as expensive as you might have been aware. A lot of people start in aesthetics, they think, oh, I have to, you know, get a, a med spa, I have to build out this huge build out by all these machines. I would not start that way. Um, you can get started in aesthetics just by doing Botox parties for the most part, uh, and selling skincare. And then from that, use that cash that you earn from there to basically, eventually open your own physical location, which you offer more services, et cetera, then buy your machines from, from that cash and kind of build it up that way. Uh, the other area that's pretty booming is hormone replacement. And hormone replacement is huge. Just so you know, <laughs> there has been a lot of a lot of data coming out about how uh, hormones have been drastically affected by many of the uh, particles of plastic that are surrounding us in our everyday lives. If you look at a lot of the studies that are coming out, they indicate that you know male testosterone is at all-time lows. You know, a male today that is 35 on average has 20% less testosterone than a male who's age 35 in the 1980s. Um, and the same thing is happening with females, although it's not as um, greatly discussed. But there, there are significant, significant issues with hormones. And for a lot of people, by offering them hormone supplementation, offering them hormone replacement, you can improve their quality of life drastically. Additionally, many of the customers that are seeking hormone replacement and seeking these are people that are high performers that wish to actually perform better. So they're, they're very, very good customers. They're often not, they often don't have a lot of other comorbidities or illnesses they themselves are actually looking to reach their peak or looking for your help to reach their peak. Uh, and it, it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great set of customers that you can work with, great set of patients you can help. And you make a huge difference in someone's life, in someone's life. Another area that you may consider is regenerative medicine. Regenerative medicine is continually to increase. Um, there are so many people with um, joint issues, pain related issues, these kind of things um, that are essentially. <laughs> Not given many solutions by mainstream medicine. Uh, these include patients with neuropathy, patients with arthritis who don't want to have surgery. Uh, you know, many times patients with uh, chronic, um, you know, injuries um, that that haven't healed. You can use a lot of your training in regenerative medicine to basically help these people go and re regenerate part of their body and live a normal life. Um, it's really quite amazing. One of the things that I've been lucky enough to do is to work with the American Arthritis Foundation and watch as they have basically put together a protocol which only which has some regenerative medicine components into it and see the the amazing things that they have done because there's a lot of people out there who have, for example, 
knee osteoarthritis and they don't want to have surgery. They, they know other people who've had surgery, who have had complications. They're not interested in these kind of things. And I'm not here to tell you pro-surgery or against surgery. I think there's cases for both. I will say that I think there's a lot of incentive in the mainstream medical system to push people to surgery um, because there's a lot of vested interest in that within hospital corporations, for example. There's a lot of people who are just saying, hey, look, I'll be happy to pay cash. Just find a way to fix this without me having to go under the knife. And so regenerative medicine continues to grow. Another area that's always popular, functional medicine. You know, there's a lot of people that have, um, you know, kind of uh, illnesses that they maybe have been to three or four different doctors. You know, the doctors are taking insurance. They get exactly five minutes with the patient. <laughs> it's really not enough time to figure out what's going on. Um, you know, these the patients have very complex uh, illnesses. Many times these can be treated with uh, alternative therapies that are quite effective. Uh, and you can uh, basically become a functional medicine uh, you know, practitioner and help people through that mechanism as well. So once you identify a market, you know, the, the five major markets, once again, are weight loss, hormone replacement, regenerative medicine, aesthetics, and functional medicine. Of the two, I think the top performing are going to be weight loss and aesthetics, uh, which kind of go hand in hand anyway. <laughs> so pretty cool there. Um, but once you identify a market that you would like to treat, the next thing all you have to do is to build a company. And so a lot of people get held up on this and they say, oh, well, does it have to be a special type of company? Does it have to be a professional LLC versus a normal LLC? Does it have to have this? Does it have to have that? Um, the reality is that for most states, you don't have to have a professional LLC. Uh, professional LLCs are an option. And depending on the state, they may offer some benefits, particularly with related when related to uh, having partners in the practice. So a lot of times when you have partners in the business, like a professional LLC, they may have decreased liability than if you just have a plain LLC. But for just getting started, I would just form a basic LLC. All you need is a company. You get your EIN number. You can go to a website. Uh, you do a search online, register a company online, and they will actually have packages around 600 bucks where you can get your entire company built for you, register with the government, an EIN number given to you. They do all the work. You basically just receive a package in the mail with everything you need done for you. And once you have an LLC, then you can open up a bank account underneath that LLC. And now you're basically legal. You're good to go. So you can basically start to take money as a corporation uh, and deposit into your bank account that you just opened. You might need to get a credit card processing uh, machine or, you know, what's called a merchant account. Uh, these can be given to you by your bank or you can go to stripe.com. You can go to clover.com. <laughs> you can go to Square com any of these things. And once you have your corporate bank account, uh, then you can open an account with them and immediately be able to take credit cards and that kind of thing over the phone or in person. Uh, and you're basically able to take money. Once you're able to take money, that's the biggest hurdle. In some states, the third step is to basically make sure you have a medical director or a collaborative physician. And in some states, you don't need either if you're a nurse practitioner. So uh, depending on the state and the state laws you have, um, you may just be able to be your own medical director. Uh, but, um, if that's not the case, it's pretty easy to find a collaborative physician or medical director. Most of the time, if you start reaching out to people, they're more than happy to do it. Um, you just have to, they just wanted to get kind of get to know you and trust you because, you know, <laughs> if they are your medical director, obviously, you know, they're, they're also on all the paperwork too. And if there's a problem, they're going to be involved in whatever happens. So, um, you know, it's not, not terribly difficult to do. I've seen, you know, well over a hundred uh, different types of, uh, you know, nurses and nurse practitioners find medical directors. Um, and, you know, while it may sometimes take a little bit of time, it's nothing that I would consider difficult. Probably the most important piece is once you get all those done, once you figure out 
your what what niche you're going to focus on. Identify the market you want to treat. You build your LLC, pay the six hundred bucks to so somebody online, get it built. Um, then you find a medical director, a collaborative physician, or maybe nobody at all, depending on your state. Um, and then number four, you need to build a good digital presence. Nowadays, the world runs opposite the way it did before the pandemic. So before the pandemic, or maybe even earlier than that, it was very important to have a physical location with a good sign, maybe near the hospital, maybe near a big road, something like this. Nowadays, you don't really need that. Um, what I tell you is that you can almost do everything with a digital presence. And many times people actually prefer to meet over telemedicine anyway, rather than meeting in person. And for you, it's a huge savings in terms of time and effort. And also in terms of rent, <laughs> you know, if you get an office or you get a company, uh, so if you get an office um, and you have, you know, a big office, you got to get furniture for, you got to paint it, you got to make it look nice. You got to have all the amenities that are necessary to treat patients, uh, which is fine and everything. But depending on what you're treating, you know, if you're doing hormone replacement, for example, um, you know, if you're doing Botox parties, for example, you don't necessarily need a, a physical location. Um, you know, you basically need to have some <laughs> some place to receive your medical orders, but that can be, you know, you can make a deal with a chiropractor. You can, uh, you know, basically find a doctor who's willing to receive those orders for you in their office and store them for you. Um, but it's very, very doable thing. And you build a very good digital presence. So you build a website, you may have some social media, you have a way for people to book appointments with you online, make it easy for them. And then ideally some kind of messaging indicating what you do, why you do what you do and what you do will help people, you know, like how does it help them? If you're doing aesthetics, for example, you can talk about the different procedures you offer, how Botox helps people, how it gives them more confidence, et cetera, how the skincare that you offer, you offer skincare consultations with medical grade skincare and these, uh, you know, skincare um, treatments have been very successful in eliminating, you know, this and this and this. Uh, you can talk about all those things. And so now there's even tools out there that do it all for you, which haven't been available before, you know, software like Click Practice, which wasn't available before, but now you can do everything you need, including your website, uh, text message, phone, uh, you know, automations, like all this kind of stuff through one software. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. Um, and so now it's actually easier today than it has ever been before in the history of medicine to basically go out and start your own entrepreneurial practice to basically become a medical entrepreneur, have your own thing going for you. Uh, and basically you see people on the side initially until you grow your clinic big enough to where it basically replaces your income at the hospital. And then you just go full time working for yourself and you don't have to listen to uh, nurse managers trying to tell you what to do. You don't have to listen to, you know, administrators who have no idea about medicine telling you how to do your job. Um, that kind of thing. You can actually escape the mainstream medical system and be independent and actually earn for yourself the money that you desire, you know, not depending on whether what someone will pay you or what they require you to do, you can basically set your own schedule, set your own hours, and determine your own pay, which is a very, very liberating thing. So, um, once again, those four steps to go from nurse practitioner to medical entrepreneur are: is one, identify a market with demands, preferably cash. The five most common markets I would recommend are weight loss, hormone replacement, regenerative medicine, aesthetics, and functional medicine. Number two, build a company. You can build one online, build an LLC or PLC, whatever you like. Most of the time, it doesn't matter which, unless you're going to have some partners and there may be some advantage to have a PLC. Um, number three, get a medical director or a collaborative physician if necessary. It may not be necessary in your state. And then number four, build a digital presence. Get a website. Get all this stuff done for you. Get a website done. Get a text messaging capability so people can text you. Uh, make sure all this stuff's HIPAA compliant. If you're not sure how to do that, go to clickpractice.com. They can help you um, and get all that deployed for you. 
uh, and start from there. Those four steps are all you need to basically go and go from being a person in golden handcuffs in the mainstream medical system to being the captain of your own ship, able to call your own shots and be your own boss as a medical entrepreneur. And that's what I want for everyone. And that's why I make these videos because I personally have gone through that journey and I will tell you, I'll never ever go back. Um, you know, if I, if I can avoid it, I will never ever go back. I would never go back to uh, basically answering to an administrator who has no idea about medicine at all, trying to tell you how to do your job, trying to tell you how to treat patients. And, you know, I would never go back to a system that is inherently um, really not based on the care of the patient and definitely not based on the care of the provider, uh, but instead is totally profit driven and many times <laughs> run by people who have no idea what's going on. So uh, if that's something that you want to get away from, uh, continue to watch us on Medical Entrepreneur. And as always, one vision, one purpose, freedom through prosperity. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. As medical entrepreneurs, we have a saying, one vision, one purpose, freedom through prosperity. If you're ready to follow your destiny and break free of the mainstream medical system, join us at freedomthroughprosperity.com. See you next week.